Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So, I want to talk to you about disobedience. And I'm going to relate this back to Saul, King Saul, uh, and disobedience to the Lord. When you read of Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 15, you read a story much like our own. God has plainly stated what we should do today. Through the Lord, he has communicated this to us. Through his word, he has told us what we should be doing. Yet we find human reasons, selfish reasons, to only do part of what is commanded. Saul is told exactly what to do. Now, this was a punishment for the Amalekites attacking Israel at an earlier time. Okay, so I'm just trying to give you a little background, a little context on this. Okay, so 1 Samuel... Now, this is all going to be in the New King James Version, okay? So this is 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 3. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. God is explicit and clear in what he said should be done. Now, they may not understand why they're to do this, you know, but this is the punishment for what they have done earlier, and this is what God has told Saul to do. Here below, what I'm about to read next, here in these verses, we see what Saul actually does. Now this is 1 Samuel chapter 15. This is just a few verses down, verses 7 through 9. And Saul attacked the uh Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agog, or maybe a Gag, but I think it's Agog, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agog and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, that they utterly destroyed. Now, they spared Agog, and they were unwilling to destroy the animals because they saw with their human eyes that they were good. They were unwilling to destroy the things they wanted and so only did part of what God had commanded. And now here below, we, in the next verses, we're going to see the excuses for not following the commandment of God. Okay? 1 Samuel, again, chapter 15, few verses down, verses 18 through 21. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, the Am yeah, Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Now this is Samuel talking to Saul. And Saul said to Samuel, Saul replies, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me, and brought back Agog, king of Amalek, I have utterly destroyed the Amal Amalekites, 
But the people took of the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Now, notice, first, Saul claims he fulfilled the mission. They are destroyed. Okay, that's the first thing. He's like, well, but, but I did the mission. I did do this. Okay, so why is Agog still alive? You know, why is their leader, why is their king still alive? Is it possibly to ransom him back for gold or such? You know, there were some practices like that in the past. Uh, was it because Saul feared that if they were ever defeated, he would be killed in, in response? But so God was disobeyed possibly, what, for greed or for some other selfish reason or fear? You know, did Saul not believe and trust God enough? Did he not understand that, you know, when God said to do this and do it completely and utterly, he was serious. He was plain about what he said. He was very sincere and plain. Notice also, Saul blamed the people. Because he says, but the people took of the plunder, the sheep, the oxen, the best of the things. So Saul blamed the people for taking the best of the animals, the herds. Now, in response to that, we have to ask and we have to question Saul, who was in charge? You know, who was in charge? You were in charge. You should have given the orders. You should have made sure they were followed out. You know, but he said, you know, Saul blamed the people. And he made further excuses to say they only did it to make sacrifices to God. So, as if he could fool or bribe God with the idea. So, Because notice he says, but the people took of the plunder the best of the things which should have been destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God. So, he's saying... But wait, wait, the people did this, and, and they did it for a good reason. They were going to make sacrifices to God. As if, you know, God could be fooled or bribed into, you know, doing something other than what he had already said. So, probably again, they did this for greed, not wanting to lose valuable animals that they could use for themselves, or there was some other purpose. You know, did they not trust God enough to understand his blessings were more important than these temporary things? Regardless of excuses, Saul was ultimately responsible. And then we finally see God's response and the results of this disobedience of not following uh, just very basic, clear commandment of God. First uh, Samuel, again, chapter 15, again, a few verses down, verses 22 through 24. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Now here we're already establishing way back in the Old Testament what's important to the Lord. That we heed and obey and follow what he has told us to do. 
That is more important than burnt offerings and sacrifices, that we listen to him and follow what he really wants. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, I think again here, Saul is still making excuses. Now, some of this may have been sincere. I have sinned, I have transgressed. But because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Is that really what happened here? You know, is that what was really going on? I didn't get that feeling from reading earlier that he feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, maybe, maybe to some degree that is true. But he's the king. They wanted a king. They wanted him to be king. He should have followed what God said. Okay, God wants us to heed him to pay attention to and follow his commandments, okay? He wants us to pay attention to what he has told us to do. Today, our battles are not to establish a physical nation or a physical kingdom on earth, okay? So our battles are quite a bit different in a physical sense. We are to establish a spiritual kingdom of love and mercy that honors God. Our battles are still very much like Saul's in a spiritual sense. To listen to God, to follow the Lord, to trust and believe God. Not to follow men or to fear men. The people, the crowd, they may actually desire to do wrong, but we do not need to follow them. We do not need to fear them. We have been told plainly how we should be, what we should do. To do anything less is just to make excuses. It is to point fingers and try to blame others for our selfishness or our hard-heartedness. You know, when we believe man over God, we are making a mistake. Notice this exchange with Jesus and a scribe who questioned him. This is in Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, talking about Jesus, asked him, Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, the first commandment, the first of all the commandments is here, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second, like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So, when you look at what we're doing, when you look at things, how we should be, you go back to these two. These are the base. These are the first two. These are. There's nothing greater. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth, for there is one God and there is no other but he. And to love him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one neighbor, one's neighbor as oneself, is more 
then all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Notice how again we're saying this is what's important. Not all the other hoopla and ceremony and standing on ceremony and this, that, and the other thing. No, these are the most important things. Now, when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, talking about the scribe, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Knowing that this guy, this scribe, was, was seen and knowing and understanding. Take special note of verse 33, which is the scribe speaking, and he is commending Jesus. And, you know, he's saying to love God, to love him with all your heart and all your understanding, all your soul and all your strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And then Jesus in return commends the scribe for also understanding. Because notice now when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. For they both recognize what God wants above offerings and sacrifices. He wants us to listen to him, to obey him, to love him. He wants us to love each other. If we love God, believe God, trust God, and care for others as we do ourselves, then we will not sin. Then we will live correctly. And this is the same struggle we see throughout the Bible. This is not anything new. The circumstances around the events are all that is really different. And sometimes even that is very similar. You know, if we're unsure where to start, then start with the Bible. Start with the Gospels. Learn about our Savior, Jesus, our Lord, because He is our example. And you can see through Him that he was very obedient and that he followed what God really wants from us, which is to love God and to love others. And that means, you've noticed Jesus' other example, he served others. And that's what we should be doing as well. And when we don't, and when we make excuses for not loving and caring for others, that's all they are. They're just excuses. So, want to thank you for listening. Well, they are just excuses, and they're just excuses for disobedience, which is what you know, which was what our focus here. We don't want to be in disobedience to the Lord when we make those excuses, those human excuses, those selfish excuses. They're just reasons to be disobedient, and we don't want that. So, do want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.